Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So it doesn't matter what happens now because it's official. I had a phone call. The Continental Classic has been absolutely brilliant. Hello, my friends, and also welcome to the last ups and downs for a TV show when it comes to wrestling of 2023. Maybe, I don't know. And can you believe it? It's National Hood Day, where we all wear our hoods up. That's not a thing. I've done this joke before, and people mess me, go, it's not National Hood Day. Like, <laughs> really strange people. But let's take the finger of power and give the good bits an up. The bad bits are down. But yes, we did indeed start with the finals of the Gold League, because it was John Moxley versus Swerve Strickland versus Jay White. I thought it was damn brilliant. I really don't care that it was a three-way either. Some people seem to be irked by that because it just sets up next year what the rules can be. And while deep down in my tum-tum, I was like, surely John Moxley is going to win here. Was I convinced? No. So it was like being on an emotional roller coaster. As White is an absolute moron, he was thrown out the ring earlier as Moxley and Swerve quite literally tried to slap each other. Where Jay tried to get back into it, but his penis was crushed by Barry Barricade. When you say it like that, it sounds absolutely terrible. This then triggered a huge brawl, so they were fighting all over the place. When Jay all of a sudden remembered, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm going to do to you, John, what I did to you last week, and he hit it with a chop block, so all of a sudden you were like, oh no, Moxley, maybe he's injured. Trigland then tried to get back into this, but for a while there, Mr. Bullet Club was actually handling himself quite well. When Jonathan returned, he flipped off Swerve Strickland, so do you know what he did? He bit his finger. So that's it. Now that we have got to the end of the year, in terms of really, really weird offense, the winner is Swerve. Strickland also stomped on Jay's digits, who just doesn't like hands as it turned out, when he went to the top rope and he hit the ultimate comeback move of 2023, the crossbody, and he took everybody out and he was cooking. It really did piss Jonathan off though, because he then decided I'm going to do the combo of punch, bite, power driver for a one, two, ooh. And when Swerve Strickland went to the top rope and he went for a flying nothing, John Moxley caught him into the paragrime shift. We got another near fall. And that was it. I took my excitement plug and I pushed it in. Jay then remembered he hated Moxley's legs. He went after that thing. It looked like he was about to start rocking and rolling. When Swerve was back, he hit that crazy power slam thingamajig that he does. When he also nailed the 450. Oh my gosh, I thought he had it won. It got broken up at one 2 oh. John then applied the choke and Swerve got out of that with a house call. When Moxley decided nope and he hit him with a lariat. When all of a sudden Jay White was back and he scored with the Blade Runner. And that was another near fall. And honestly, I was just freaking out at this point. Who's going to win? This is when Jay then decided he was going to use a chair and he was thacking everyone. Of course, there is no DQs in a three-way. When he took the damn thing and he pushed it into the corner. I was like, bro, have you not read a fairy tale before? And of course, when he was going to use this for ultimate destruction, Strickland reversed it and Jay White 
hate the chair. We then got a really nice call back to the first John Moxie versus Swerve Strickland because it was Swerve that hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment surprise roll up and he held the tights but it didn't work. When he went to do the stomp, Jay White recovered, sort of, pushed Swerve to the floor. And I guess he was still a bit loosey-goosey at this point because he tried to do something to John Moxley. It didn't work. He got smashed with the Death Rider. One, two, three. So John Moxley is now officially going to the finals and given who the other competitor is going to be, I just thought this was the best thing to do. And I know uh, it's so obvious. Sometimes things are obvious because you should so obviously do them. This was a pay-per-view level match. Give it a nap. We also cut straight to the back after this because Tony Schiavone was waiting for Swerve. And yeah, Strickland was really mad. He lost. Of course, he wasn't even involved in the decision, so that made him twice as angry. And as he was just spitting fire, he was like, oh, Keith Lee, you ain't saying my name, but I know that you're talking about me. And given that I'm now free on Saturday, well, let's have a fight. Yes! Tony then revealed that a contract was waiting to be signed. For some reason, Prince Nana had a meltdown about this. But it does mean in but a few days at, at World's End, we are finally going to do Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland. Now listen, I am a massive nerd. This has been keeping me up at night. Now, that's a problem that I probably need to go and talk to somebody about. But better late than never, but better never late. And you just know that it's going to be good. I mean, how can it not be? We then continued these interviews too because Rene Paquette was here. She wanted to know why Mariah May attacked Rio last week. I was like, well, I know. It's because she's best buddies with Tony Storm. That was her answer too, as May also doubled down on the fact that we should all be supporting the timeless one. When she was like, you know what? In 2023, something we were missing was glamour. So in 2024 or in one week's time, I, Mariah May, will be making my AEW in-ring debut. Now, Rio was very kind here because she waited for Mariah to make that announcement when all of a sudden she was out here. She started beating her up when Tony Storm tried to jump her, but that didn't work. So Rio kicked everybody's ass as poor Tony Storm had a meltdown because once again, her spotlight had been stolen from her. Damn. You can just tell that the feud between Mariah May and Tony Storm is coming as well, and that will be totally fine. Listen, this was super duper quick. Only lasted about two minutes. But if we are talking about the glue that holds everything together, it is timeless Tony Storm, the greatest new character of 2023. For that reason alone, it's getting it up. We then had even more talking, because we cut to the back where Top Flight and Action Andretti were. They were like, listen, we may not win very many matches, but we're super duper good friends, so we are going to continue to try and win. Good for them. Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero and Trent must have heard this because they then waltzed in and this orange man, you have to be really careful what you say about him nowadays because he decided this was a threat to them. So now Rampage, we're getting that match. Rocky then made a joke of it and he was all like, oh man, this is just what he does, but don't worry about it. We will see you in a few days. But I kid you not, Action grabbed a bottle of water. He drank it, crushed the bottle and that was all like, oh yeah, I'm really hydrated now. Now listen, this was totally out of nowhere, but he must do this every single week. This is the secret source of wrestling. You can do really absurd things, and then you look back on it in six months, and you go, <laughs> that really worked. But then we want to confirm that at the pay-per-view, we are doing Miro versus Andrade 2. And what a lovely guy Miro is, because he said he would wait until the C2 was over before he attacked Mr. Tranquilo. And now we're getting that at the weekend. And honestly, you could go to any single universe in the plains... Surely this would be pretty damn good. It turns out this is just going to be a super heavy chat episode of AEW Dynamite. Because right after this, out came the Don Callis family. They weren't walking like this. Now we haven't seen them properly for a while and Don kind of addressed this. Because he was like, listen, it has been a hard time. But given that it is Boxing Day, which is something we celebrate over here in the UK. Listen, my friends, in my group, I got you all a gift. 
How nice. Now this was more portraits and you just have to see them because every single one was absolutely ridiculous. The one with Carl Fletcher was him and Don Callis beating up a kangaroo. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. There's also a fourth picture here that we were about to see, but we weren't able to because of all the people who interrupted and made their big return to dynamite. It was none other than Sammy Guevara. Huh. No, it was perfect timing, actually, because Don was like, oh, fantastic, let me show you this last portrait. And, of course, it was Don Callis, Powerhouse Hobbs, Carl Fletcher and Takeshita holding up Sammy's brand new baby. And I was like, man, he's not going to like that. And, yes, Guevara reacted that way when Callis made this really bad. She's like, listen, let's just make it nice and easy. I know we haven't chatted in the time you have been away with your stupid concussion, but you now have to pick a family it's your real one or the Don Callis version. I was like, Don, I'm pretty sure I know which one he's going to pick. Sam then made a terrible error because he pushed Don. I was like, dude, there's literally three other goons there waiting to attack you. And they did whip his ass when, of course, who came out to make the save? Da -da -da it was Chris Jericho. He had a baseball bat too and he took everybody out, including smashed these pictures. When he gave the weapon to Sammy, who destroyed the image of himself. So that seems a little bit unnecessary. They were good images. They then did the handshake tease, but of course they hugged instead. Went from nowhere, Big Bill and Ricky Starks teleported in. They beat up Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. When the lights went out, I was like, what is going on? Sting and Darby Allen were also here. And the good guys beat up the bad guys. And I kind of stared off into the distance thinking to myself, well, I didn't see this coming. The really strange part is the fallout to this is that at the pay-per-view, we are now getting Jericho, Sammy, Sting and Darby taking on Big Bill, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs and Carl Fletcher. What? No, look, I get that Kenny Omega got injured. When that does happen, you have to pivot. This is one direction to go in. But given that Sammy Guevara has almost had as many heel turns as the big show, well, I don't think we should have gone back to this. It kind of felt like we were moving in a new direction. Now we've just gone back again. It also puts us in a difficult position because my first reaction was, ha, 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 we'll get to the weekend and I bet Sammy Guevara turns on Chris Jericho. But then I was like, that is one heel turn too many. And if we don't do that, well, yeah, it kind of feels like we haven't progressed that much. This is a tricky situation. Now, look, of course, the match will be good. And I thought this segment was very, very fun. So I am giving it an up. But for everything else around it, well, this didn't work for me. But I'm always happy to be proved wrong. Let's get it down. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Rory Strong and the Kingdom were then backstage, and they've now become private investigators because they have made a board with potential suspects, and they were just pointing a big stick at it, going, no, it's not that guy, it's not that guy, it's not that guy, but I tell you who it is, MJF. We shall get back into this later too, because of course it does tie into our main event, where we got the finals of the Blue League in the C2, Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston, and I tell you this, you have to flub and watch it, right now. I mean, the way Danielson can just go from good guy to bad guy in the middle of a match is absolutely absurd. And here his big take was, well, Eddie, you should be better than you are. And we all know you're a quitter. So I am going to beat the ship out of you until eventually you give up. But of course, because it is Eddie Kingston, he is the greatest underdog ever. And man, he fought and fought and fought. I couldn't be more invested if I tried. Eddie was all riled up too. So did a dive to start things off when a chop battle started, when Kingston grabbed Danielson and gave him this exploder, he was rocking and rolling. Then forward to the outside where Brian DDT'd him on the ring apron, which is the hardest part of the ring. When they got back in the squared circle, Danielson went for the label lock and Eddie was like, wait a minute, you just DDT'd me. So he got out of that, he hit his own DDT, and it's just the best wrestling tennis ever. It then got really disgusting because Brian went, oh, and he spat on Eddie Kingston, which was absolutely crazy. When he was able to lock in the LaBelle lock, as Eddie had to crawl to the bottom rope, and this is when we had made their roles very clear, we were meant to cheer for Eddie Kingston, so we did. The American Dragon then started laying in the elbows too, so Eddie came back with his back suplex, which was brilliant. And honestly, you have to go and see how red Brian Danielson's chest was at this point. He looked like a damn tomato. When he finally started laying in those kicks too, Kingston responded by going, oh, and spitting on him. I was like, wait a minute, this has now become a spit battle. How did we get here? That ended when Kingston was able to hit the Northern Lights bomb for an amazing one 2 when it got even better because Danielson came back with the big knee. I was totally convinced that was it. And oh my gosh, this was the nearest near fall of all time. I don't think Eddie could have got closer to a three. Danielson was then so mad, he started to crush Kingston's skull while shouting at the referee, you've got to stop it, you've got to stop it. And when the ref was like, nah, man, I ain't going to do that. Brian decided, fine, I'll do it by myself. That meant one last big running knee when Kingston got out of the way. He smashed him with a back fist when he hit the Kawada bomb and the ref went one and the ref went two and the ref went three. And even though I'm sat here in my house all by myself, I was like, yes. And I love Brian Danielson. This is why the dynamic works so well. So Inslee does get up and right after this, John Moxley walked to the ring because that is now the finals. And after he checked on his fallen foe, he looked at Eddie my word, he unleashed. So he grabbed a microphone and said all he ever wanted from Eddie was to be the best version for himself and also for a dude who thinks the world is against him. Did you hear all the support in this room? Everybody loves you. It's true. Mox has also done plenty of favours for Kingston in the past, but that is not the same when we get to the final of the C2 because if he wants to become a triple crown champion like all of his heroes, he's going to have to earn it. That's when Edward grabbed this mic. He was like, don't talk to me like a young boy, you bitch. And my gosh, he opened up. He reminded Moxie that he actually broke into the business before he did. And when we get to Saturday night, he is going to push him all the way. And everybody wants to call him a bum. Well, fine. He's going to be the king of the bums. And soon he's going to be a triple crown champion. You damn right. We're also in the New York area for that pay-per-view. So if Eddie wins, it will be a victory in his hometown. Honestly, you have to watch this promo off too. It gave me the fire in my belly. 
just a massive round of applause. It is getting an up, and this tournament has been bloody great. All this madness continued too, because earlier on we had seen Christian Cage, Nick Wayne and Shane Wayne in a room with Lexi Nair, and they were waiting for Adam Copeland, because they were meant to be doing a big old interview, but Adam hadn't turned up. What an unprofessional. We then come back to this room though, where they were still waiting, when they were told <laughs> Adam Copeland is here, and Copeland decided, nah man, I don't want to talk. So he ran in there, he just beat everybody up. This brawl went absolutely crazy too, because they did spill to the outside when a bunch of the other wrestlers were trying to separate them, but that didn't work, because they both have death on their mind. Adam was then yelling at Christian, saying, you are done when we get to the pay-per-view, and Cage was like, man, yeah, whatever, you're a massive coward. And even though this only went on for about 33 seconds, I cannot wait for this match. And as good as the one was from a few weeks ago, you just know this one is going to be even better. I'm giving it an up. I am excited. Well, we got somewhat of a massive surprise. I mean, not really, because Sky Blue has gone through a transformation recently, so she needs wins. But she took on Chris Statlander, who I don't think has been pinned for two years. And my word, Mrs. Blue got the one, two, three. And we do have another story going on here, which we continue, because Stokely Hathaway joined the commentary team. And as usual, he was like, listen, when it comes to Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander, they're not really friends, even though they are friends. And the grand takeaway of all of this is that Stokely Hathaway needs to be on commentary more. The dude is hilarious. Blue was then murdered for a little while because Chris Statlander is a powerhouse. And even when she went for a head scissors, Chris just cartwheeled out the way and hit her with a drop kick. It was pretty good. But then got a delayed suplex as once again Statlander has all the power. And honestly, she was just kicking Sky's ass here. That's when I realized you don't get such a dominant performance unless you're going to lose. It's wrestling 101. She was able to get a chaos theory for a 1 2 ooh when Sky came back with a code blue for a 1 2 ooh. When she went for a Hurricane she got power bombed instead. So we are back again. It's wrestling tennis. Now, I should have known nonsense was coming too because, of course, we have had brand new friendships recently. So as soon as Sky was like, referee, come over here, come over here, Chris Statlander was on the top rope and who appeared from under the ring, which I suppose is where she lived, it was Julia Hart. She had the TBS title and she smacked Statlander. Right in the end. Now, you think that could have just been the end and Sky Blue could have pinned her, but no, she went on top of Tina the Turnbuckle too and she hit this avalanche code blue. I mean, that was something else and she got the win. The beatdown continued as well until Willow Nightingale came to make the stave, so obviously Stokely was melting down. And after Julia Hart and Sky Blue had run away, Abaddon appeared and Abaddon kind of outspookied Julia and Sky. And I was like, but surely they would be spookier because there's two of them. I don't know. This was a really good match though. And actually, when you take a step back and you look at the whole TBS title scene, it is on fire right now with so many good contenders. Let's carry it on. Let's gag it up. When we got some proper madness, I mean, why not? Because Renee again was backstage with Ruby Soho and Soraya. And as we continue to tease that they may fall out, Soraya was like, Ruby, I've got you a present and it's Harley Cameron. What? Now, apparently this was some kind of birthday present because Harley is good with her hands. I don't know what that was insinuating. When Ruby got a call from Angelo Parker, so she left. It then went totally bonkers because Paquette was all like, oh, Soraya and Harley Cameron, how did you get together? I kid you not. I'm not making this up. Cameron then revealed she had a knife behind her back and everyone was like, whoa, you've got to calm down. So I was absolutely dying, but look, I am excited because if this was round one, what the hell? are we going to do next? As you know, I love goofy wrestling. I shall sit back and wait. When we got to the part that everybody is mad about, I just need to say, y'all need to calm down. Anywho, it was the Devil's Henchman versus MGF and Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. Very sadly, just before this match was going to begin, we cut to backstage and Samoa's on the floor going, oh, my leg, my leg. He wasn't going to be able to compete. 
Darn it. This meant Max was going to have to do it by himself. But given that he's already beaten up, I mean, his shoulder was taped here, the henchman basically double teamed him. And when they're on the outside, a third henchman appeared with a pipe. He smacked MGF right in the head when another one of the henchmen grabbed him, gave him the heat seeker and pinned him for the one, two, three. I kid you not, it really went that fast. Now somebody must have told Samoa Joe what was happening because he limped to the ring with a chair and chased everybody off. But on the big screen, the words pleasure doing business with you appeared and that's when it was revealed that dun dun dun, Samoa didn't like Maxwell at all and he smacked him with the chair. I mean, can you believe it? It also meant that Samoa had done a deal with the devil. I was like, <laughs> that is the saying. And Dynamite essentially went off air after he laid out MGF with the muscle buster. I do have to say, just a little bit confused. Because I thought Joe wanted MGF 100% at the pay-per-view, which is why he has been protecting him for like a month now. And if he didn't care about that, why the hell did he go to all of this trouble? And I know the answer can always be because he's a heel, Simon, and maybe I have missed something. But sometimes I think you just need a little bit more than that. As I have said for weeks now, though, all of this lives and dies on who the hell the devil is. And given that this has gone down, I think it's got to be Adam Cole. Because who was the guy saying, MJF, you've got a team with Samoa Joe since day one? Well, it was flipping Adam Cole. I really would enjoy that as well, because as we know, if you build a massive heel stable around Adam, that will definitely work. I mean, we've quite literally seen it before. You can also throw in the fact that Britt Baker may also be working with her partner, Adam Cole. Because do not forget, the first time we saw the devil, they were quite slight and slender. So yeah, maybe you can do that. And I also think that would work. So I am going to give it an up for an angle. But for now, I'm giving it a down for Samoa Joe's motivations. But that's what the comments are for. You may be screaming at me right now saying, Simon, you forgot about this, which is true. I did sit down there and think about it a lot. It's two plus two equals potato. Doesn't really make much sense. I am very excited for the pay-per-view though, because I do think we are going to do this big reveal. And I'm totally confident that AEW will nail it. And in terms of this episode of Dynamite, I thought it was absolutely tremendous. Because it gave me some sports and it gave me some entertainment. And that's all I can ever ask from professional wrestling. Giving it an up. Now, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs for Raw, and support the show and support all of professional wrestling. Like the video, share the video, subscribe, drop me a comment before. Otherwise, though, I shall see you Sunday, which is New Year's Day, or whatever the hell it is, to do ups and downs for At World's End. So make sure you're there. Take care. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com.